You're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for curious creatives and nano entrepreneurs who seek knowledge, purpose, and community. Hello Francis is brought to you by the creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy. Our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors candidly share their diverse wisdom and experience. We do all of this in less than 30 minutes. Let's get started. You're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantelle Dedeke, and I'm so excited because I have our team with us today. So the FR team, FRA team in the house. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. <laughs> um, it's early in the morning, so we're not as excited with our woo-woos um, as we normally would be. And we are talking about today, we're going to have a really great like fireside chat with no fire. Um, or depending on what your Enneagram personality type is, maybe there will be fire. I have no idea what's going to happen, but we're going to talk about Enneagram types and what each of our types are, what we think about that. Um, and you guys really, that our listeners, y'all loved when we talked about the Myers-Briggs personalities and 16 personalities. Uh, we got lots of great feedback there. And so our team has really been talking a lot lately internally about our Enneagram types, which is a personality assessment. And I'll go in- into all of that. I want to um, uh, read a little intro, but how are y'all this morning? Good. Good. We had Phil um, and Janae. Uh, Jody, Kayla, Greg, Gregory, um, Kelsey, and Meredith. Meredith is our intern for the summer, so it's just like, we're just throwing you right in there, Meredith. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Um, okay, before we get started, guys, I want to read something about just what Enneagram is, and uh, then we can talk about our individual personalities, and you guys just jump in here, but Basically, the Enneagram can be seen as a set of nine distinct personality types, with each number on the Enneagram denoting one type. Um, It is common to find a little of yourself in all of the nine types, so I want to preface that at first. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday, although one of them should really stand out as being closest to yourself. This is your basic personality type. Um, Everyone emerges from childhood with one of the nine types dominating their personality, with inborn temperament and other prenatal factors being the main determinants of our type. Um, This is one area where most all of the major Enneagram authors agree we are born with a dominant type. Uh, Subsequently, this inborn orientation largely determines the ways in which we learn to adapt to our early childhood environment, which I really like. So you can um, obviously be um, a certain Myers-Briggs or a certain type, but really the way that you were brought up can denote some of your individual personality traits. Um, It also seems to lead to a certain unconscious orientations toward our uh, parental figures. So your parents are a big Um, uh, defining factor for who you are as well. Um, In any case, by the time children are four or five years old, their consciousness is developed sufficiently to have a separate sense of self. Um, So overall, um, our personality reflects the totality of our childhood factors um, and basically how we're influenced into development. A couple of things, a couple of points here. which I thought were interesting. And we, I think we can disagree with these points because some of them I do. People do not change from one basic personality type to another. Um, the descriptions of the personality types are universal and apply equally to males and females since no type is inherently masculine or feminine. Um, not everyone in the description of your basic type will apply to you. Not everything in, the, in your description will apply to you all of the time because you fluctuate constantly um, among healthy, average, and unhealthy traits. Um, the numbers are used to designate each of the types because numbers, number values are neutral, so there's the why there. Um, the number ranking of the types is not significant, so hierarchy does not matter. If you're one, it does not mean you're better than nines, although ones might disagree with that. Is Greg here yet? Yeah. Yes. Nice. <laughs> um, no type is inherently better or worse than the other. Um, and I, this is all from the Enneagram Institute. Um, you can visit enneagraminstitute.com for a little bit more there, but I wanted to start our discussion today with some of those basic factors. And 
then we can go around the Brady Bunch um, virtual <laughs> Zoom room and um, everyone can share what their types are. Are you guys ready? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we've discovered, I think Kayla, you discovered this. And Kayla looks like she might be frozen. <laughs> <laughs> nope, she's back. Um, so Kayla, I think you discovered this. Do we have every number except four on our team? Yes. Yes. So um, maybe what we do is just go down and then with a number, uh, let's go backwards. So do we have a nine on our team? Oh no, we don't have a nine. <laughs> My results were inconclusive, but I was high on nine. But after reading the descriptions, I think I'm a six. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't know. You were inconclusive. It said nine. It said uh, five. It said um, another test said two. I'm all over the place. But when I read it, I sounded like a six. Do you feel like that's because you've been working for home for almost three months and then you're just like, let's just see who I am today? I think so. I think it totally <laughs> I love that. Right um, now it's a weird time. It is. It is a very unique time. And we're all pretty much virtual, except Greg looks like he's in the office today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, don't mind that. Just thought we were all going to be here. But, yeah, we're you here. Know, uh, I mean, yeah, but physically. Oh, well, you I mean, are. actually, I, I had a lot of work I need to get done, so I needed to get in the office. Early. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we are all remote, except Greg today, and, okay, so let's go back down. So, no nines, although Janae might be a nine. We don't know. Um, let's jump around here. Uh, let's see, ones? So, big, um, Greg, a <laughs> you're a one. I'm a one. Did you read on the one? Do you feel like you're a one? Oh, yeah. I think it's spot on. I think I have to be a one to counteract the eight in the house. So. Oh, interesting. That's <laughs> me. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, just... <laughs> now we'll go to eight. I'm an eight. I'm an eight. Okay, so uh, let's see. Twos? I'm a two. Meredith is a two. Um, three? Three. Kayla? Um, let's see, seven? Kelsey. Kelsey, uh, six? Hillary. Hillary, <laughs> sometimes Janae. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, I think we lost Jody for a second. And I actually, I wanted to elaborate on six because I was struggling yesterday trying to find out, and it was from the Enneagram Institute that I found really good information, but the six, I'd like to read at their best and then at their worst, just yeah. to explain the difference. So it's really interesting. So at their, well, we'll start with the worst. Okay, we'll do that. So at the worst, they're hysterical and they seek to escape punishment and they're self-destructive and self-critical. Fun. <laughs> and then at their best, they become, they evolve to self act uh, affirming, trusting of self and others, independent, yet um, symbiotically interdependent and cooperative as equal. They believe the belief in self leads to courage, positive thinking, leadership, and rich self-expression. So it was a really good deep dive into the levels of development, which I thought was really interesting. Yes, and the Enneagram Institute website is a great reference, I think. We like the 16 personality site for the Myers-Briggs, but um, the Institute side is really good. And I don't have Jody, so that would have been the last one. Does anybody know what Jody's type is? I thought, I thought she said two. I could be wrong, though. We'll ask her when she gets back in. So those are all the types. Um, has the team, everyone, um, like, really jumped in and read into your type? I know Meredith and Kayla and I were in the office for a little bit yesterday, and um, we were talking about that. And you guys have all – I know Greg was um, – I just read Greg's name on the Zoom. It's hilarious. Uh, Greg was reading up on that this morning. Uh, overall, what do you guys think about your types? I mean, do you feel like it's you? Oh, 100%. I feel like mine's pretty spot on. Well, sort of. Yeah, I'm a pretty sort of. stereotypical too. 
I'd be interested nope, to can't figure mine. it out. <laughs> I'd be interested to see mine when I'm not stuck inside because mine, a seven likes adventure and likes doing things and that sort of thing, but they're also, um, seem to be a little more extroverted than I am. So I wonder if the adventureness is coming out of me just because I haven't been able to do much. So I'm, I'd be interested to retake it, you know, when we're not locked down anymore. Well, I think that that's an interesting point, Kelsey, because yesterday I spent a little bit of time matching up my Enneagram with my Myers-Briggs, which by the way, um, was very concerning. Uh, but <laughs> It is interesting to see if you are an extrovert by, you know, the personality, the 16 personalities break down, but maybe your type, your Enneagram type doesn't feel like one or doesn't read like one. Like what really is the mix there? We talked about that a little bit. Hey, Joe, what is your Enneagram number? I'm a primary two with a very close one. And we'll get into wings in a minute, but we were just talking about, do you feel like you're a two? Yeah, I do. I feel like I'm always the person that, like, I like to give. Like, even at Christmas, you know, things like that. Like, I like to see other people open presents and things like that rather than receiving anything. I feel like I've always been that way. Meredith, do you identify with that? Yes, 100%. I'm always, like, the mom friend in the group or the one who's, like, let me just take care of this thing and set it all up. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. So in terms of like all of our types, and we'll break down um, each number a little bit more, but how is everyone, I mean, have you read up on, you know, your, your career, what you're doing, and then also the work from home environment, how are you um, handling that? Are, is it pretty spot on with your type? Are there types that are not handling work from home very well? <laughs> Kayla's really good at multitasking. Right? <laughs> Kayla, are you getting ready for the day? Yes. I woke up 10 minutes before this. <laughs> You're delightful. Um, I love that. I was telling the guys when we first got in, I had just woken up not too long ago either. So it's a little bit early and it's a little bit early to feel like you want to talk about yourself too, which I can really, I can really get that. You told me that I will be at the meeting because that's my personality type. <laughs> yes. Ones are... Um, okay, so taking the time, I spent a lot of time like trying to, and Jody, I didn't have yours, but get to know your all's personality types a little bit so I can ask questions today, but then also how we work together. Um, I wasn't 100% sure on Janae. Gregory, what's your type? Uh, I am primarily a five, which uh, I read a little bit on when I took the test, but now that I'm reading into it, it's... Um, I would say it's pretty accurate. Who does not like what they test it as? It's the way you tell. <laughs> like mine? I just feel like I should have a little bit more five in mine because I like to investigate stuff. You do, Jody. You do. <laughs> um, has anyone taken the test multiple times and come up with different numbers? Besides Janae. I know, Janae, you unpacked that. I think I've taken the test twice and I've gotten five both times. I've toggled between eight and six, but really uh, more time. I'm, I'm a six. As I read it, I think eight can be close, like it's close, but I think I, my dominant is a six when I read into it more, like naturally. So all of the types are really interesting. They're not, they're so unlike um, Myers-Briggs in the terms, in, in the regards that it doesn't break you into extrovert versus introvert. So like to your point, Kelsey, I think you can be an extroverted, you know, um, seven, but also an introverted seven. Does that make you a totally different human being? And then should you be looking at your Myers-Briggs and your Enneagram together? Um, because it does seem like with some research, there are some commonalities. So um, I'm an eight. Meredith is a two but she and I are both ENFJs and we are very different people very different personalities um that those of you that are very close so Hill you're a six and Janae you are pretty sure you're a six what's the <laughs> most interesting to me is you're all um, Myers-Briggs aren't you guys just one letter away extrovert versus introvert 
Yes. Interesting. So really you guys are like two sides of the same coin, which in my mind makes total sense why you direct the areas of Francis Roy the way that you do. So in our team, Janae um, directs art for our team and then Hill directs content for our team. Um, and, and you guys work together. Do you feel like maybe that helps you? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, yeah, we work really good together. Yeah, have you thought about that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I miss Hill. We used to just have like a little window opening between our office. I know. <laughs> I used to just make her get up and come see my computer. I know. I know. We almost gave your computer to Kayla yesterday. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that's very interesting. I, you know, on my screen, it's like me and then Janae and then Hill. And so when I think about, you know, the structure of our team and who we're putting in what place and how the team works together, Kayla had said she was reading on type fours and was like, oh, it'd be interesting. Kind of feel like a type four might be a little dismantling to our team. but I think that now it makes me want to find a type four for our team. <laughs> I'm serious. I didn't read up on type fours. What are they like? So they're both um, type fours that we know. Do you guys know type fours? They're saying they're individuals. Yeah. So but type fours. With your type eight of a challenge, <laughs> challenger. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Um, my daughter Anna is a type four. So we have a type four in our family. And Gregory's girlfriend Sloan is a type four. Four is my area of stress. <laughs> <laughs> Those two girls constantly stress them out. <laughs> so let's break that down a little bit. Do you know, because in the Enneagram type, there are two wings and then a stress number and a growth number. Do you know what those numbers are for you? Um, Hill, what do you know what yours are? Um, for, sorry, say that again. I froze a little bit. Oh, sorry. Your, um, your wing number and then your stress and your growth number. Okay. So my wing is seven and my growth number is nine and my stress is three. Interesting. So does, who wants to break down what the wing means? What is that? So the wing is pretty much like you have your main type, but then you have several features of a type, whatever your wing is as well. Interesting. And then stress and growth are pretty explanatory. Um, anybody else want to share what their wing and then their stress and their growth? So I think it's, I think it's important that we not associate a number with a person. So if you say, oh, like, I think my stress number is um, a two. That does not mean that my stressors are the people who are too, correct? So it's like I take on the person, maybe some of the traits of a two when I, when I am stressed. Is that accurate, guys? Yeah, okay. I would say that because when I'm in a stress of a three, that makes the achiever, I, can, I put a lot of pressure on myself to achieve so I can see that those things go together. Yeah. Absolutely. Anybody else? Um, go ahead, Joe. Um, my wing is a one, and then my stress is an eight, and then my growth is a six. From what I read, everyone stresses me. <laughs> I did. I was with, I think I was with Meredith and Kayla yesterday when I found this article on the internet about EFJ8 that literally made me break down for the rest of the day and then hill was with me for the rest of the day and i had um a very difficult time it's hard i think to read through these things i think you have to you do it with a grain of salt and you have to say like okay i definitely can relate to this but this is not me right like i am me and i am much more than a number between one to nine I'm much more than any one 16 personality trait. And I am definitely not going to let that like break me down because some of the weaknesses can be rough. Like if you read some of the weaknesses, um, you can be and you're like, Oh my gosh, yes, that's my weakness. Um, what are some of the things that you can do once you're aware, maybe, or you already knew it. So it's just validation, right? 
What are some of the things, like how can you put the Enneagram into action? Anyone? I think what's helped me a lot is um, being on like committees. Um, we've kind of realized that every single person is different, not in a bad way, but we just handle things differently. And I actually found on uh, crystalnodes.com um, things that could help. So um, my Enneagram is a three wing four. So it kind of breaks it down to like communicating with an Enneagram three wing four. How can you handle that? Meeting with an Enneagram, emailing an Enneagram and giving feedback to an Enneagram. So I think um, communicating those to your team could help um, make the team flow better, better in my opinion, because I think people receive feedback a little bit better, and I think understanding everyone's Enneagram would help a lot and would make things a lot easier. That's a really good use of that. Meredith, you look like you want to chime in on that. <laughs> yeah, I think just especially it's been a learning process for me as a two because on the positive end, I love being involved with people. I love being on a team and being relational and giving to people, but on the negative end, it's really easy as a two to either just kind of let yourself be taken advantage of or either like have unhealthy expectations of other people. Um, and so it's been cool to learn as a two, like just like if you're working with someone and they're a morning person and the other person on the team's like, I will not talk to you until I have coffee. Like you don't hold that against them. That's just how they function. So for me as a two, like understanding that it's really hard for me to say no to people sometimes. And I really have this people pleasing aspect of myself. Um, and that can be a positive thing. And I don't need to like hold it against myself. That's that it's such a weakness or such a negative thing. It's just kind of how I operate. Yeah. And I think going off of that, um, me and Meredith um, went to high school together. So we kind of know each other already before. But I know a lot of my friends, um, we have mutual friends that are kind of the same um, wing type. And I think it's good knowing what their wing type is because um, some of my friends that are um, type twos don't tend to speak up um, when they really want to, but just deep down they're like, oh, like they can just handle it. So I think knowing that and kind of like helping in a positive way, like if something's negative, um, kind of helping them like reach that. Cause I know, um, some might just not want to like speak up about it. That's really insightful guys. Kelsey, how do you feel like you're, well, I want to say how, you know how you're operating cause you're the, you're the most remote of our remote team. Hmm. And uh, sorry, Jack Declan and Maggie are going at it this morning. Um, <laughs> and uh, you're the most remote of our remote team. And how do you think that you're using, are you using the Enneagram or any of the personality types to try to assess during this time? Not so much assess, it just kind of confirmed <laughs> what I feel like I already knew. So it says sevens are spontaneous, versatile, and scattered, which I can definitely see in my remote work, all of that, you know. Um, I just having to do different types of work. It'll be different every day, depending on, you know, what happens during y'all day, y'all stay, my day will be completely changed based off of anything that happens during the day. And then when I wake up, my plans can be completely derailed, which is fine. My personality type likes that. They like change. They like, you know, spur of the moment type stuff. So it's kind of more confirmed my personality type, like me figuring out what my Enneagram was. It's kind of just confirmed all these traits that I have. Nice. And you bring up a good point. So um, there is, there are, there does seem to be three words that define every Enneagram type. Um, do you guys all know yours? Hmm. Or have you found three descriptors that define, quickly define your Enneagram dominant type? And Kelsey, will you um, repeat yours? So I have, I said spontaneous, versatile, and scattered. Hmm. And there's a few more, but those I felt like went with remote work. I brought mine up for the sake of this uh, episode. And uh, mine says uh, perceptive, innovative, and secretive. Interesting. I like how one's a little bit negative for all of them. Like, ooh. <laughs> oh, no. There's like actually four of them on here. And it also says <laughs> you just chose one. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I just chose the lesser one. <laughs> He'll give me three for you. Uh, hardworking, trustworthy, troubleshooter. Mm, I like that. Janae, do you got three? I, I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't. You're like, I don't know which number. <laughs> the, it was so, with the personality things, it was like, oh, this is spot on. This one, I'm just like, well, I could be a nine. I could be a peacemaker. I could be a, I could be a six. I could be a loyalist. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. I love, I kind of love that dynamic though. I think that, um, you know, it's okay to not know and it's okay to keep discovering or whatever. And I think it proves that this and like most assessments need to be taken with a grain of salt and they are not strict, strictly defining. And we all need to, I mean, as an ENFJ, Ravenclaw, Leo, eight, it's good and healthy to know who you are, but to not be so like, that's who I am and that's it. Um, three words, Joe, what you got? Um, so, of course, mine have four. It's generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. Mm. Meredith, do you have those same words? Those were mine too. Mm -hmm. Kayla? Mine is ambitious, focused, serious, and validation. Ooh, interesting. Greg? Mine is principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and professionistic. Yikes, way to go. <laughs> As a one, does it bother you that three of those start with P and then there's one that's different? <laughs> <'Cause> my <laughs> one wing is like... <laughs> I love that quote. <laughs> and um, that's our quote for the promotion of the podcast. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, as an eight, the challenger, I found a lot of pleasure in that question, Meredith. Thank you. <laughs> it bothers me that all the P's were not in order and that the S was the last one. Awesome. Um, I'm an eight, uh, the challenger, which, um, in the Enneagram world, the eight gets a lot of negativity. Um, Meredith in true Meredith two fashion has been trying to make me feel good about being an eight all week, uh, which I appreciate. <laughs> and I'm sure Jody would have done as well if she were here. Jody is my sister-in-law's. And so she is also my sounding board of something is going wrong in my life. I usually call Jody, and this now makes a ton of sense to me because, uh, and I love that she is a confidant and has always been very trusted. Um, and, and, and obviously there's a reason for that, but um, my three words are charismatic, influential, and confrontational. Um, influential is a really good word for you, though. Um, it's a little bit scary when you dig in. <laughs> I read an article yesterday about ENFJ eights that was mad, bad, and dangerous people to know. <laughs> Love that. Okay, well. If it makes you feel any better, I am an eight wing, and eight is my very close second to seven. So. Uh, my wing is a nine. Uh, my stress is a five, and my growth is a two. So I felt like that was really interesting. I like the traits of a two. Um, I think that I, from an aspirational perspective, it would behoove me a lot to work on trying to be um, more like a lot of the two personality traits. It's a very good balance, which makes a ton of sense for me because Jody is my balance in our family. So I, I feel like that is that very enlightening. Um, is there, was there an Enneagram type that you felt like you wanted to the personality trait that you want traits that you wanted to develop or that were really close to what you were now or has anyone really focused on your growth number and what that growth number um what those traits are hill what's your growth number my growth number is a nine and i need to dive into that more mm -hmm. me too i need to dive into yeah for sure more so um, what is, what does the growth mean you know what? Let's find that. I think it means that you are um, basically, okay, so if you, if you, you know how we all loved Personality Hacker, the podcast? Yes. 
and that's a Myers-Briggs podcast. So they are also developing an Enneagram roadmap that's much like the personality hacker driver position. So when you look at the personality hacker, you know how you have your driver, then you have your passenger, you have your 10-year-old and your three-year-old. So they're positions in a car. I think it's the exact same thing. Mm. So this is how you behave when you're in an, an area of growth. So mm. your wing is really your either extroverted or introverted opposite. And then your, your growth is, you know, whatever that is. And then your stress is probably what the personality hacker would be considered to be your three-year-old. So um, that's very interesting. Hill, you look like you want to contribute something there. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I still need to dive into it more. Um, but on the Enneagram Institute, just at the very bottom, it'll say personal growth, personal growth recommendations for your type. This feels even more accurate than the actual type for me too, which is very interesting. Like it's, the growth is very in line, which is, I was just starting to read through it. It was just interesting. I think that's great. And, you know, it might be fun for us to do another episode where we just talk about our growth types and, you know, maybe do an exercise of really focusing on growth types for a couple of weeks or for a week. And then, you know, how that dive and focus. It's so, um, from the perspective of like, if you, once you start building teams and leading teams, these assessments are useful tools, not to categorize your team, but to create like a harmonious balance, some, you know, an efficient and productive team that's always like pushing forward. You want, you know, Kayla was talking about the four and like we're missing the four and the four might dismantle us. But what if the four propels us? What if the four is destructive enough to make us innovate and come up with something new and really sparks fire on our team? What if we're not, what if we're missing the four? Um, and we should be searching for that. And so I think looking at our team full circle and looking at balance and the way that we want to innovate and develop in the future, should we be embracing the types and the personalities that would really provide some destruction for the way that we do things now? I think it depends on how you define destruction. Is it more in the sense of, is it going to force a change to where it will better help us innovate and, you know, basically improve the, our process and everything we do, or is it too destructive to where it, uh, you know, just basically dismantles the entire office? Who believes that there is such thing as too destructive? With that analogy, I, I'm sorry, I just think about my environmental class and I think of invasive species. <laughs> whenever that analogy is used because like you know like enough enough disruption and change can cause changes in the environment in general which overall like the elements in that environment uh improve to adjust but too destructive like something like an invasive like element can um really ruin those elements or disrupt them as well so i think it really depends on how you define destructive like yes a four may um cause that enough disruption and change to where we all improve for the better or is it going to be too destructive to where um we all express our stress numbers <laughs> like uh, yeah. uh i was looking i was looking at my stress number apparently it's a seven and uh you know uh as i'm stressed and i become more scatterbrained and um everything else like that or is it going to uh, disrupt me enough where I enact my growth number, which is an eight, uh, become more confident and more assertive. So really it would depend on, I think it also depends a lot on the person too. Mm -hmm. so it's just a lot of, a lot of variables to keep track of, a lot of variables to keep in mind. So. Very well said, Greg. I think that that is so true. And, um, as an eight, destruction is very appealing to me. Um, I think of invasive environments and I think of destruction and I think of concepts like Big Bang. Like if that had never occurred, that level of destruction, our species wouldn't be here. Like very uncomfortable for the dinosaurs, not so uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So there is that kind of like all of these different um, sides to disruption and maybe it isn't destruction, it's disruption. 
Um, and disruption's a little bit of a buzzword right now. It has been for a couple of years. It has been sort of a platform for innovation. And so is that what we're really looking for? You know, we, we talk about thought diversity and the way that we practice that. And if we're intentional about that practice, it means the seeking of people who think differently than we do for the intentional purpose of disruption. Um, super uncomfortable and super difficult to manage, especially if you bring someone into a team that's gelling very well. I think, you know, we've talked about this before, core values, obviously a four that aligns with our core values, right? So maybe we're looking for that or a nine or whatever, but there, there are some standards there, but should not be afraid of someone who is going to question our processes, who is going to want to change things, who is going to want to think about things a little bit differently. Even though it's very, very, very uncomfortable, it makes us all super, I would say the word afraid is accurate. What do you guys think? As a two, the, the idea of change and disruption like sends off all of the alarms in my head. Like I value things to be consistent and like the things I know work well. Um, but sometimes I do as a two, like get in kind of that rut of that of like, oh, this is safe. I know how to do this. I know I can succeed in this. Um, so yeah, you, as it, that's why it's good to be on a team with other people who aren't twos who can like push and challenge to say, Hey, this is going to be good on the other side. It might be uncomfortable for a season or for a short time. Um, but growth is going to happen. And on that note, I think it's super important to have somebody like an eight to push you past your boundaries that you think are up and that you can't get past. I think it's super important for those people to keep pushing because if they don't continue to push you, you'll just stop and be like, okay, I'm comfortable. I'm done. As a five, um, my apparently fives are all centered around curiosity and learning. And I think like uh, disruption and change, I see that more as an opportunity to learn and improve. Um, and everybody on the team can gain skills that we haven't had before that better makes the team better overall but also got to be cautious on the fact that it can be the end of everything as you know it so <laughs> <laughs> everything down yeah but um you know it's just with every change it's an opportunity to learn and grow and um you know i can't help as a five to you know see that so i always okay. encourage that but i'm also very cautious so hill what did you say Oh, no, I just thought if I'm being transparent, the, it's very six of me because the first thought I had when you said destruction, I'm fine when you destruct things, but I was like, someone else, do I trust them? <laughs> do I like them? Do I, I don't know that I trust them. <laughs> so it's very six. That's so each type has a title. You are, you know, um, an eight is the challenger. Um, uh, six is a loyalist, right, Hill? Uh, one, I think, is the reformer. Is that right, Greg? Uh, two, help me out. The helper, right? Helper. Yeah. Uh, three, <laughs> Kayla? Perfectionist, or the achiever. Mm. Uh, four? Uh, I don't know, because we don't have one. Oh, four is <laughs> individualist. a whole conversation yeah. now we don't have a four. <laughs> four is what? Individualist. Individualist. Interesting. I... Uh, five, Gregory? Uh, the investigator. Uh, six? The loyalist. The loyalist, seven? The enthusiast. Enthusiast. And then nine is the peacemaker. The peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. I, you know, you know, it's a very interesting discussion. It's an interesting discussion to have with your team that, you know, how do you feel? You know, how can you attribute your strengths to the team and how can you look to the team for guidance and mentorship through your challenges or weaknesses um you know and pairing people up with maybe the opposites of themselves for you know i think it's very interesting just even through this practice of us going through the podcast episode you know if you are your whatever your type is where your uh, your growth number is maybe reaching out to someone who is that number 
and looking for guidance or mentorship or uh, something of that nature. And it doesn't matter what position we hold here at Francis Roy or how long we've been here. Like for example, um, Meredith, what is your growth? A four. And um, my growth is a two. So it makes a lot of sense for me to go to Meredith for mentorship, even though I'm obviously um, a leader here at Francis Roy and she's our intern. And I think that's the beauty of our team is that we're not afraid to reach across whatever hierarchy. We don't really have a very structure. We have more of a flat hierarchy and say, hey, um, I need some assistance here and you're different than me and um, are obviously excelling in natural ways that I want to grow. Um, so that's, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. Very, very cool. After hearing that, I think I might need a therapy session from uh, Kelsey and Chantel. Um, my unhealthy levels are a seven, and a seven eight, and nine. Um, so a seven, my unhealthy level is fearing failure and humiliation. And then level eight is um, being devious and deceptive, um, sabotaging and betraying. And then a nine, um, attempting to ruin others' happiness, relentless. <laughs> Um, obsessing over destroying whatever reminds them of their own shortcomings and failures, psychopathic behavior. Right. So that's what we were talking about yesterday. Where if you go too deep, yeah, whoo, it's don't, scary. Don't chase the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> oh, that's the thing. I went a little too deep on my Myers Briggs and my Enneagram yesterday, and it was like. First of all, I have a very uncommon Enneagram type to my Myers-Briggs, and it is like, basically, don't mess with this person because they hide bodies on the outskirts of town, kind of. <laughs> and I was like, well, how does it feel like me? How strange. <laughs> but, Speaking of which, though, with the Myers-Briggs and the whole Enneagram thing, I do like how they are still chore correlated or re uh, re related to each other, like... Uh, uh, with my five, I'm, I'm an INFP, and so overall, it's just very visionary, mm -hmm. just with all of that, and like what you just said with your Myra Briggs and your Enneagram, it's just, it's kind of interesting to see that relation between the two, even though they're like two separate uh, scientific studies with conclusive results, so. Gregory, I didn't know you were an introvert. That's interesting. Well, I'm highly introverted. Like, ah. uh, I'm just a very well-trained introvert because I haven't been yeah. as a mother, so. <laughs> I was going to say, I whenever I first met you, I would assume that you were an extrovert. Oh, well, that's good. That means it's and, working. And Greg and Kayla are in office physically, and so, <laughs> and these are the types of discussions that I think are very healthy because um, you guys can really develop, when you're sharing space with someone, like Hill and Janae share space, when you share space with someone that can feel like a marriage, huh, Janae? <laughs> Janae shares an office with her husband, so that's a like, <laughs> work from home office. But um, you guys, Hill and Janae, you guys, work, not only do you work very collaboratively together on all Francis Roy projects pretty much, but you guys are married together into a sense that you share a lot of space and doing what Kayla and Greg just did, which I think is very interesting and in saying like, hey, you know, I didn't know that about you. And you guys have done that since the beginning, um, Hill and Janae. You guys have talked about your Myers-Briggs together and worked through some things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, I apologize all the time because I think I talk all the time. So I'm probably, <laughs> sometimes you try to bother me. Me. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Janae, Janae. I like love talking to her all the time. <laughs> They will say, well, that doesn't bother me. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg, you go ahead. Nobody shares an office with me. So. <laughs> Not true. Greg was in my office. You have the bathroom next to you, so whoever's in the bathroom. <laughs> nice, Kayla. <laughs> Kayla. <laughs> you. Well, I mean, <clears throat> looking at my personality type, it's probably the best office for me where we're storing all the AV stuff because – being the, excuse me, the perfectionist, everything has to have a place because the office is so small. Mm -hmm. So finding a way to organize all that. So essentially I share an office with everybody because everybody's going to be going in there grabbing equipment and things like that. Uh, so the reformer part is how do I get people to put things back where they go? 
How do I get people to share the same values that I have for taking care of the equipment and making sure that everything's perfect? Uh, because I mean, it's literally wide enough for a desk. Wow. If you felt triggered, so. just raise your hand. <laughs> no. like, going, I knocked over the camera that. bag the other day. So <laughs> going, going on that though, like, uh, I, uh, I kind of like knew that about him whenever we came back from our uh, content day. So I was just kind of like helping the others. Like, okay, so this was on that hook. So put that back. He was. was on I that put it on the hook. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. It goes on the hook. I was like, oh, thank you, Gregory. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, because, uh, you know, you can see it with his organization. Just, you know, knowing how, knowing how he's like, it's like, okay, so this is definitely the way that it should be, at least in his space. So, you know, like, make sure everything is back to where it's at. And that's also because, you know, he's a parent. So <laughs> that's, that's been kind of drilled into me ever since I was like a kid. So, But I think what you said there, Greg, from a prof professional perspective is important. If you have a conflict from someone with someone in the workplace, which we have all had conflict at some point, it it is a good practice to not just know yourself, but know to look at the types of others and maybe see and try to understand, you know, someone can blow up, they can have a really bad day, they, you know, and I think having a really high social intelligence means that you're willing to not just focus on yourself, but to try to understand why someone would react the way that they do in any given situation. And if that feels, I mean, you're talking about like Greg, his, um, you know, his reformer type, um, you know, you're like missing, he's missing something, something is lost, that feels like a travesty, you know, like, oh my goodness, whereas someone like me, I'm just like, and I'm, I'm, this is becoming like a marriage therapy session, but, um, you know, it's, it's very much like, oh, we'll find it, don't worry, we'll find it, and he's like, no, I need it to find now. Like, <laughs> uncover that today. <laughs> we recently went through this exercise where one of my children borrowed a tool to do a project and certain pieces were not brought back. And they were critical for that tool and I needed to use it. And to me, that that is a weak point because I will just blow up. Mm -hmm. uh, that is where my self-control part kind of just goes to the wayside and I want it fixed now. Um, and you know, that, that possibly is a growth part for me. Uh, I think seven is my growth. So being spontaneous and- Scattered. Uh, <laughs> Kelsey's like, do I have a therapy session for you? <laughs> so Kelsey, you're a seven? I'm a seven, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. One, one is my stress as well, so we, we have to chat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give each other a therapy session. <laughs> That's awesome. I can see that with you, though, Greg, because, Greg, your background is air crew, and this just made me think about you in a totally different way, even though we've lived together for 23 years. But if you're missing a part on a plane, it's life or death. It is. And, I mean, you're... So you could find, and now that I'm, I've read through this, I can see, I, I could pick out other people's personality traits just by knowing how, how they fly. Um, I can see how they are. Uh, and for my job as a flight engineer, I would probably say most successful ones are ones because it's all very minute uh, tolerances as far as number wise. Uh, and Kelsey, husband David can probably attest that he's a maintainer and it's it's ingrained and like those who are successful that's probably one of their uh, david's probably close to a one he's a very high one hill and i made him take it the other day so he's a six but one is not far behind and for one uh I, it also says i'm a good teacher so I, I've, I've been looking at my you know the last you know three to four years and spontaneity is something that is not very uh easy for me to do. So I retired abruptly and went right into a job that I've done for decades, uh, teaching, which my personality type says I'm a good teacher. Uh, I was really successful at that and abruptly left that. 
Uh, and one of my negative traits is I will dwell on the consequences of my actions and I will constantly think about them. Um, but it, a positive part is I'm always looking for a change to, to I, I feel like I have a calling for a greater purpose. So my hobby, which I have now turned into a career, is brewing. So also something that you have to be perfectionist about. You have to hit your numbers. You have to, it's all data driven. Um, so I don't know, it's all kind of coming to terms in like the last 30 minutes of holy shit, what did I do? Uh, <laughs> so my growth area being spontaneous. So I'm taking a, a tip from Kelsey's book and just like, screw it. I'll just leave my job. I'll leave a six figure salary for tips. <laughs> right. I feel like I have a higher calling. Um, right. That is where, you know, a one and an eight don't really pair well together romantically. If you read about it, <laughs> but they're a powerhouse team. They are both destined for, they both want to do great things. They, they want to change the world. However, the negative part of that is they both want to be the boss. So I'm going to find the right way to do it. Chantel, who's an ace, like, well, I'll just kneecap somebody and we'll get the money. <laughs> I'd be curious to see what your um, Enneagram jobs are because mine is like half and half, like, I would never be this and half I'm like okay I could see that how do you find that <laughs> go, to, um, <laughs> go to crystal nose um with your Enneagram and you scroll all the way to the bottom um mine is like the Enneagram three wing four jobs and um they're architect lawyer politician which I am not at all all three of those and then there's marketer and publicist hey I'm looking up mine right now. This just got me super curious. It's so weird because it says mine is um, three wings, fours are introspective and creative. They work hard to achieve their goals. They're authentic and charismatic, um, simultaneously introspective and personable. Mine is apparently a, a risk management advisor, a chemical or electrical engineer architectural drafter engineer astronomer physicist uh but the ones that i'll probably more likely be is like game designer software designer or like web developer designer database administrator i could see those oh yeah mine says travel writer oh. of course Kathy. <laughs> yes we've been kind of telling kelsey for a while that she needs to be a travel writer because seriously travel writer publicist travel agent motivational speaker not that one <laughs> anchor sales manager but travel writer i'm having a hard time finding this so can someone look up a one yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, i can i can read off from the one that i have here i think i'm pretty in line with my common jobs um they are lawyer politician director advertising executive business owner marketing strategist that's so oh. Nice. Are you a wing four, Greg? I'm a wing nine. Oh. Why did I say four? I don't know why, but. Because <laughs> you're trying to change me. So all, the, <laughs> all the type one uh, careers are very administrative. So like secretary, administrative, or executive assistant, a manager, an accountant, financial planner, a law clerk, broker, urban planner, attorneys. Uh, oh, it has an interesting note about attorneys. Uh, ones make the most effective lawyers of all the types because of a keen attention to detail. I found Enneagram one wing nine jobs and it's very, I don't think, it's a judge, a guidance counselor, a consultant, a social worker, a journalist, an ambassador, um, and a public relations specialist. I won't do any of those. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I'd be a horrible counselor. <laughs> That's interesting because I'm chewing one. One of mine is a counselor. Um, it's funny. One of these is veterinarian, which was when I was like my elementary school. What do you want to be when you grow up? I wanted to be a vet for a super long time. Um, but the others are like um, counselor, humanitarian, um, school psychologist, which I don't think I would necessarily fit in, but 
um, hospice nurse, religious leader, humanitarian. Um, so it's interesting. I like Chantel's and Meredith's. Those are pretty spot on. <laughs> Mine are, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to spend a little bit of time. I have a lot of growth that I need to work on as an individual. Um, I had a difficult time yesterday when I am at my best words like merciful, which makes me feel like when I'm at my worst, I'm concerned about that. Like, um, you know, merciful, forbearing, courageous. When I'm at my best, I should be willing to put myself in serious jeopardy to achieve my vision and lasting influence. But I, I think that it's probably a healthy practice to take a look at, you know, some of your traits and be like, okay, well, I I don't know necessarily that I want that footprint in this world. You know, I may not want to do what quote unquote, my type is destined, is predisposing me to do that. It could be a very eight thing to say, but, um, you know, maybe it's very eight to be like, I want to break this down and never be an eight again. Kind of sounds like a sociopath. I don't know. I feel like it could go either way and it's a fun practice. it is interesting looking at the relationships in your life and the people that are surrounding you and the impact that you have on them. Um, you know, Greg going through his processes of career changes. We live in the same house where he's like, Oh, I, I want to make this change, but I'm a, a little bit unsure. And I'm just like, do it. Rob, it's fine. Like, just try it. Just do it. And just the look of absolute terror, you know, but you know, matching your strengths up with other people so that you can achieve the goals that you want. I think it's very important to realize that you can't do it alone. But you're the disruptor. The challenger. You're the challenger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so homework for all of us, because I feel like we could talk about this for three hours, um, is, you know, m- dig in if you want to dig in. Um, try to figure out, you know, what are your, um, levels of development? Um, who can you reach out to on the team that is not like you, I think, but could be an area of growth for you. Um, and like, like with, I'm thinking of Janae a lot here because Janae's just like, I'm not really sure, you know, you don't have to use this assessment and anyone who's listening doesn't have to use this assessment. If you feel like it's something that does not um, appeal to you, you know, don't, for me, waste, I would never waste my time on something that I felt like what I was spinning my wheels. So focus on, uh, we talked, uh, Hill and I went to Jay Leon gallery yesterday and we talked to Sean Tomasello, who has been a mentor for me the last year or whatever. And she talked about the disc assessment and how, and all of the boards she's belonged on and, you know, some other where she served, uh, they have used the disc assessment which is um, D-I-C-S, right? And each of those letters, yeah, um, is an identifier, a type identifier. And she is a D, the dominance type, and and very D, right, Hill? She's very D. And then there's um, influencer or influence um, and compliant, compliance. And then S is? This is steady. Huh? Steady. Steady, yes. So there are so many different assessments. I think for those that are listening to this episode, it's interesting to go through this practice with your team. That's why uh, we felt like it was such a good idea to do this with our team. We love to be transparent about what we're doing and how we're growing and what our needs are as our team grows. And um, I hope everyone learned a little something today not just about themselves, but about someone else on the team, uh, which is really the most useful and practical practice uh, for assessments. And um, I see us talking about this again. I'm very interested because anytime we do something like this, the comments are, people always comment like what their assessment is, right? Do you think people are gonna respond to the Enneagram assessment the same way they did the Myers-Briggs assessment? I feel like it'd be more involved for this one. Because I think we talked about this longer than we did Meyer Briggs. I I feel that this assessment, as far as personality goes, is more spot on than my Myers Briggs. Mm, interesting. 
that I've is a lot more insight mm -hmm. and as far as weaknesses and strengths i mean it even goes as far as what your addictions are so i went through and i looked at my stress i'm a four so then i went into the four and looked at you know what do you do when you get what does the four do when they get stressed out what's their worst and looked at addictions and things like that and it uh, i feel that if by going that way it's kind of i don't know kind of gives you a little more insight on yourself and a you know perspective of what things that you will have a tendency to do when you're feeling good and when you're feeling bad and for homework i have to travel to japan so. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need that therapy session to be in person, Greg, huh? Kelsey doesn't want to come back to the U.S. Well, I love you guys so much, and I love this team, and I think this is why we work so well, because we're willing to do the hard work, and we're willing to talk to each other and understand and reach uh, – um, on all levels of our hierarchy to attain mentorship. And we really embrace each other. Um, so I'm very proud. And, and I think this has been a fun episode. I'm excited to see what the feedback is gonna be. And um, if you're listening, which I hope you are still, I think it's gonna be two part. What you think, Hill, two part? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be two parts. So like, comment, share. Um, you can also email your questions to us. Hello at francisroy.com. But um, until next time. Mm -hmm.